Hi, I'm Katherine Sorensen. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Cardez. And you are listening to the Firewalker Podcast. What is the Firewalker Podcast, you may ask? What is it? <laughs> it's a place where we all come together to talk about stories that have shaped us. So the idea of walking through a fire and coming out unchanged, how or changed. Yeah. We come through the fire Either changed, way. yes. And how we've showed up for ourselves, showed up for others, and what has made us into who we are today through the fires. That's it. I feel like every time I explain it, it gets a little bit more clear and unclear at the same time. Yeah, maybe. I love it. But it's okay. It's yeah, evolving. Keep going. Yeah, it's evolving and it is what it is. Like, it's still evolving for us. I feel like truly the shape of this podcast is still yet fully discovered. Right. But I do feel more comfortable every time somebody asks me, like, what it is. Like, yeah. every time I talk about it, I feel better and better and more, um, I guess, just secure. Confident. Yeah. Secure. And, yeah. In what we're doing. So I think that's fucking awesome. Yes. So here we are. Yes. Um, how was your morning? You really want to know? <laughs> it was fine. It was just one of those mornings that like you see it going one way and it really didn't, but like it really wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm going to put it aside and move on. It's over. How All right. You? Dude, actually, um, mine is good. Uh, I did a meditation this morning, and mm -hmm. I did like a longer than normal. Like typically, my meditations will stay around like 15 minutes because I'm like, oh, time is short. Although I have literally nothing I do all day, so I don't know why. <laughs> I think that, but I did one that was like 45 minutes today, and the weirdest shit happened to me. Like I had nightmares, like reoccurring nightmares as a little girl. Yeah. And like the feeling, I don't know if you can identify with this, but like it was the same feeling that would wake me up and then the same imagery which was like clay people which is weird but oh. mostly it was like the imagery like the um the feeling yes. was like it like like crippled me as as when i was asleep so i'm meditating i'm in this like state of like a really deep self um quiet like almost like trying to empty myself so that i can have extra space in me mm -hmm. and i that feeling of the nightmare was just like I felt it and I'm like this is so familiar what is this and it like it felt like my body was like swollen and it like but I it was a very safe like I wasn't scared like I was when I was a little girl but I've never actually like that was such a like uh experience like experiment Experiment you, experience for me. Do you still have that same reoccurring dream as an no, adult? No, no. Uh, um, my anxiety, at the peak of my anxiety, I'd more wake up in like a puddle of sweat. Like the sheets on my bed would be soaking wet. My clothes would be soaking wet. It not, happened like two weeks ago. Oh, it's so tough. I know. That's gross. And now it's more, um, I haven't had like a reoccurring, but I'm also, I take uh, antidepressant. So I'm on like a, uh, something to help with that. Right. And, um, yeah, it was just such a bizarre feeling. Mm -hmm. And but when I oh another part of that um that moment was my body like I I've, I've been really trying hard to like just let my body do what it needs to do in moments like that. Like mm -hmm. there's different kinds of like breathing and stuff that like you start shaking, like your body just needs to work stuff out. And so my body just needed to like move and make deep like sounds in my throat. Anyways, really like sounds weird to share 
but it was like I've never had anything like that. So my morning was pretty healing. <laughs> yeah. So did you like walk away from it feeling better or like kind of like um, no. uneasy? Oh, I felt good. Yeah. Yeah. It was there. Like the once I let it kind of like breathe and move through me, I was okay. Like I didn't revisit. Like it wasn't that that like feeling wasn't like 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 thick in me. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. How's your morning? Great. Weird. Successful. Weird little bit, but it's okay. Yeah, it was like a. What was that? Awesome. Well, I mean, if, like, the end result was good, then that's all that matters. Even I, though it was, like, maybe a little weird getting there. No, I think that the um, act of um, meditation is such a personal journey for oneself mm -hmm. and one's awakening and self-evolvement and, and awareness within oneself um, that I don't think it looks the same every time. So I really was in a very, very deep um, space that I think that finally allowed those feelings to kind of come up and work out because they'd been in me since I was a little girl. Right. Like that was there. Right. And I, I truly believe that we store things within our muscles and we store things within like deep parts of ourselves that isn't easily accessed. For sure. So I think that it was just, it was able to kind of wiggle a little bit of it out. The reason why I asked you if you still have like the same dream from when you were little is because I actually still have one you really that I've had like my whole life and it's not like I don't I think maybe the details surrounding the dream like kind of like change a little bit but it's always like the same main theme that I'm like at my grandma's house and there's a dog chasing me around the house like in circles for like hours until I'm like exhausted but I still have the dream wow I know so I need somebody to analyze that for me <laughs> I think you need to like sit and like maybe let it, maybe not, maybe analyze. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, we'll but I still call have the it. professional still. Yeah. When's the last time you had it? Mm, it probably maybe like once a year or so. It'll wow. just pop up and say hi. And I'm sorry you had a sweaty anxiety night the other yeah. night. That's tough. I actually woke up because it was so like traumatic. I woke up and like I was soaked in sweat. I was crying. Like, and. I read this thing where it says like dreams are like three seconds long. Have you seen that? I, I, I do right. not see how that's possible because like my face is soaked in tears. So like how can the dream oh, be three honey. seconds long, right? But anyways, I got up because it was like so heavy. I grabbed my phone and I didn't want to forget it because you know even like yeah. by morning, even if it was like big, you still kind of forget it. Grab my phone. I made notes of the whole thing and I've gone back to it a few times to kind of like see what's going on there oh my heart just was like I love you cuz that sucks yeah it does but there's obviously something in there that we need to mm -hmm. grasp yes so I'm sure. that's why I've got my note we're working on that working on it <laughs> work in progress yes hmm all right what do we want to talk well not what do we want to talk about what, what are, are we? we oh jinx <laughs> <laughs> what are we uh, well, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you introduce us? All right. Well, I'll introduce you to some attachment styles. I'm not sure if um, any of our listeners are familiar with attachment styles. I know um, there's a big buzz, like the love language is a big, big buzzword. 
um, as we talk about more and you guys do your own research around attachment styles, um, again, I just want to clarify, we are not the professionals here. We are telling our story and our experiences. The professionals are the ones that you should seek for help regarding this because we do not know what they know clearly. So just but to clarify. I knew nothing about any of this at all until like you brought it up and explained it and we talked about it. You sent me some yeah. quizzes. I took yeah. some quizzes. Um, so I think it's still like relevant and important even though we don't really know what we're talking about. Well, we know enough to help, yes. like to explain what we're going through. Right. And I've definitely done a lot of work through my own therapy sessions, through like treatments and through like work within myself to land where I'm at with attachments. So. Right. Okay. Great. Should we talk about our styles or, or why it showed up let's, actually? Let's start there first. Okay. So, um, as we, as I said, the love addict, or sorry, we're, we're going to talk about love addiction later too though, but as the love languages, mm -hmm. sorry, I couldn't find the word. The love language is, I have taken the quiz, trying to figure out like, how am I gonna feel loved, whatever, I, which is great, I love that, and I shouldn't have rolled my eyes as I said that, but took the quiz, mine are um, words of affirmation and gifts. Mm -hmm. And mine are acts of service and words of affirmation. Yeah, so as like I'm sitting there like, how am I gonna get this these feelings of my like love filled and of course I go straight to like love language my love language isn't getting covered mm -hmm. right as I'm starting a new relationship as you know it's like oh that's what I need to say like I need these things done in reality as I was sitting there going over that in reality my attachment style is truly what needs to be healed so that's what the attachment style and why this conversation I feel we, we feel like is so prevalent right now is that I can guarantee that so many of you guys are like in relationships that might be a little bit struggling right now. And it could be any relationship, not necessarily romantic. That is true. That is true. It is actually. It's, it's with our children, right. our partners, anyone with a emotional part of our relationship. Right. A relationship. So, where was I? Um, why it's so important right now. Oh, because with of the state of the world yeah. as it is. Um, from what my pulse is hearing, that um, the divorce rates might be higher. Um, relationships are definitely more stressed. For sure. Um, so, just to like help the world with where I like share with the world where I've been where you you know where you've been how we can like maybe add something to help right I think attachment styles I think anybody can draw something from the conversation even if you've never heard of any of you know an attachment style or even maybe haven't explored what your love language is I think there's value for everybody yeah or if you're not in a romantic relationship, there's still, you have relationships. Well, part of it too is um, how your attachment style, not, uh, almost all of it, is how your attachment style is created is based on the caretaking you received as a child. So um, there's four main 
um, attachment styles. So you have uh, anxious, you have avoidant, you have secure, and then you also have like a very small number of people have disorganized. Um, so as we explain what they are, like the, the percentages of all of these, like, and this is like, please do uh, your due diligence in researching this. I'm just saying numbers that seem about like, as I <laughs> recall, but I feel like they're very actually, they're, anyways. You get the idea. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, the avoidant and anxious have about a 20% each, like in, in humans. Um, the secure has about a 57%, like the main people, most people out there have a secure and then there's like a 3% disorganized. Um, so not much is like, we're not gonna talk a ton about the disorganized, we'll talk more about the main ones. Um, and uh, yeah, so pretty much they're like when you're a kid. So we'll start with anxious. Mm -hmm. So examples are given, um, Chandler on Friends yes. is like an extreme, like how he's always like very anxious about him and Monica's relationship. Yes. So like that's one if you like are, if you've seen Friends, you can picture like how insecure he is within this relationship and how he almost sabotages it. He does sabotage a lot of it because he's like, can't trust or he's, uh, very insecure mm -hmm. and anxious about that relationship. Right. So then you have, if we do like that same image on Iron Man, Iron Man is an extreme case of the avoidant. So he doesn't want to have the relationship as much as he's like going into this like. Is that why I love Iron Man? Probably. <laughs> so, and Iron Man has this like the computer, the science, all mm -hmm. that is his fulfillment, oh, not the relationship. This is so hot. So <laughs> Elizabeth is confirming her avoidance oh, in uh, attachment style. And and I, yeah, mine is actually the disorganized. I'm um, the slim uh, part. So anyways, we'll keep, we'll keep going about mm -hmm. that. So part of being, say, like a kid, for example, um, that was brought up with parents or, or caretakers that gave them a very um, sometimes secure, sometimes avoidant, sometimes um, anxious, the kid never knew what they were gonna get. So sometimes she felt loved and sometimes she didn't. So her needs had a very up and down attached Mm -hmm. with her caretaker right. and typically I forgot to say that like these attachments are formed by a by the time a kid is five so most of this is like your very very beginning like your your parasympathetic nerve and mm -hmm. the, and the vagus the the nervous system and then the vagus nerve have a crucial part to play in this so like as a little kid gets their needs met it's not just that they got say the like a snack that they wanted mm -hmm. it was like possibly the parents back was turned the kid wasn't feeling like they were being listened to so there's a lot that has to play with not just the need getting met but facial expressions the mood like the they feel the parents energy right. they feel the connection with them hi you guys we're transitioning now from anxious into 
avoidant in the original audio. I did not clarify that appropriately. Enjoy the rest of the show. Here comes avoidant attachment style. Could be my parents don't give me the love I need. So they were not given the love and attention. Here's a fruit snack, figure it out. Right. Where like now the kid is like, I've got to, I can't depend on anybody else and I can't need somebody else because my needs aren't being met when I lean on a caretaker or a caregiver. Right. So that becomes more an avoidant. And typically it's like what the research polls is mostly men are avoidant and women are anxious. There's a higher number in each and not to like everybody has their own experience, (laughs) but there is like there, obviously there is the Chandler in friends and there is Elizabeth right here. So there is this, like, it doesn't like just go to one gender, right? But there is a lot to do with a lot of the gender within that. That's probably also why I've been told like, I'm a dude. So, makes sense. I can get on board with it. Yeah, so, yeah, there is, um, so a lot has to do with the the child growing up, how they feel their needs are met. And then what happens is we take that that attachment style into relationships moving forward as adults. So now we're little kids with this attachment to a caregiver in a relationship with somebody else that brought their attachment in as a child. So now what do we do? If, say, me and you were in a relationship, mm-hmm. you're avoiding and I'm trying to, like, give you extra love. Right. Like, that can't feel good for either of us. Right. Right? And that's where the love language is. It'd be like, okay, well, we're not feeling securely attached, so you're not telling me I'm pretty enough or spending enough time with me or giving me enough gifts and you're not over here. The man, like, well, you never listen to the, the you, I tell you this time blue in the face and what about all this and I take care of you this way. So that's where the attachment style is crucial in our adult relationships right. as well. And again, as we scooch over to here with our children, what we learned as a kid typically is how we parent and attached to our children. So if I am a disorganized, which is very like clusterfuck, to be honest, it's one that cannot, one second I'm anxious, one second I'm avoidant, the next I'm secure. I'm very flip floppy. And typically that is what happens with children that have been um, in a very unstable and quote unquote abusive or however that looked for that child. It was a very unstable, there was no love, like you couldn't rely on anything. So there wasn't, it just wasn't available. So my mine is, and again, this is my interpretation and my lens as a little girl. So this is how I felt the attachment was. So there's no shame or blame or like, thrown to my parents right. or the caregivers because they did the best that they could. Yeah. And again, like this is when we come to the space of being aware that we can hold ourselves in, in love and acceptance. And this is just what it is. This isn't more or less like this is just how you attach. One isn't better or worse than the other. It just, just is right. like there it, it, you, I feel like it's really easy to now point fingers and not take ownership for a lot of our actions that we do because that's easier. 
and then we don't have to like actually look inward and be with ourselves and where we truly are showing up and not showing up. So just be like aware as you're listening to this podcast or you're doing your own research about attachment styles that you show up to yourself in a loving kindness space. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you following? Do you, is this I am part totally of? Following. Okay. I'm thinking like my brain is going a million miles a minute while you're talking because I'm thinking like if my kids were to take the attachment style yeah. quiz, like I wonder if they would all have the same answer and I don't think that they would which is interesting to me because I know that like my oldest isn't parented the same way as my youngest yeah and I know that like you know obviously like I was more available for my oldest because I had one child Mm -hmm. and then when you have three your attention is more divided so like then I'm sitting here thinking well does Romy feel like I'm disengaged and I'm not like meeting her needs because my head's in 17 different places. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just very interesting to think about the whole thing. And then also, when I was taking the quiz, in the beginning, the questions were just um, more general about your childhood, mm-hmm. not specific to, like, your mother or your father. And so I found, like, in my head, I was, like, I think I was answering those questions based off one parent. Like, my mind automatically went to one. And then later on in the quiz, it did break it down by mother and father, father. or whatever. Um but I also wonder how much like that plays into it because like I spent more time with my mom growing up than my dad. My dad was there, but he was always at work and you know side hustling, and um, my mom stayed home with me. So like you know, there's big differences there too. It's just all my my mind's going. Kind of, like, In the research about this, it typically is like one caregiver, right? Because you are so young, right? And like this attachment is built and bonded, mm-hmm. like I, like that becomes like this style. Right. At such a young age, so typically one caregiver is there for you more. Right. So when I was younger, it would have been my mom there more. Mm -hmm. But then, like, as I grew up, it actually flipped. And, like, my dad was more of the stable figure in my life. And my mom kind of, like, drifted off into her own world and wasn't really there for me anymore. So that kind of probably has some effect on how I don't want to trust people. Well, it sure does. And again, like with attachment styles, we typically don't have all in one. Right. Um, So there's in between, like there's, you can have a lot on one and a couple in the other. Okay. Can we talk about secure? Because I feel like we didn't. Oh, we didn't talk about secure. So secure is you were raised with a healthy balance. So like your parents showed up for you in ways that your lens interpreted the love. So they were there. Um, you had a very um, readily available, um, like typically like the needs met for kids. It would be, I put rope notes down somewhere as I'm like fumbling around for them. So like as a little kid, the main ones are like safety, belonging and your esteem. So like safety would be like you have a house mm-hmm. and food. Right. Right, and that, so that was never compromised for that little girl or little boy. The belongings, you had a family, a place that like your uh, tribe, you had a safe unit to be in a house with food, right? And then you also have the esteem. So like you knew there wasn't an underlying like, will they love me or don't they love me? You had love readily available. Like you knew that you could lean to your caregiver for 
hurts or love or anything. So a secure relationship or a secure attachment, which obviously would be the dream boat of all of these, and typically 57, whatever the number breakdown is, the majority, a a vast majority of people within attachment styles have a secure. So this isn't a, like, um, secure is not impossible. Like where you, like I sit here in this like very disorganized, I'm like, I cannot believe that there's somebody out there sitting in a secure attachment. Like what yeah, does that look like, like? That's why I find the number like so shocking. It is. Cause I don't feel like I know many people that would probably fall into that. I, 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 I feel like an, I, 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 I feel like I know people like that. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like, no. I do feel like, um, yeah, I do. I feel like the relationship that, like, I'm in, it feels very, like, consistent and, like, very, I don't know. Like, I feel like that is something I could, like, lean into for, like, okay, so now let's roll into partner bonding. Mm -hmm. So you can help each other out. Oh, let me explain too. So like anxiety, the anxious attachment is almost like you have a cup with a big hole in the bottom. So like you could be told you're pretty a thousand times and that you're loved and that you're special, but it leaks out. It never actually stays in that cup. Mm-hmm. Now we have the avoidant that sits there with their cup. It doesn't have a hole in it. It just has a lid fucking onto a tight that nothing can penetrate. And that like, it's the safety of that. Like nothing's getting through there. Right. So the partner bonding is when somebody that is feeling like the anxious partner, Mm -hmm. say that they're with an avoidant partner, Mm -hmm. the the avoidant partner could call, I'm running late, I'm going to be 15 minutes behind, don't worry, I'm coming home, I love and miss you. All of a sudden this takes the anxious and that insecure part be like, he's on his way he didn't forget like i'm not all of a sudden like chopped liver over here taking care of kids like he's coming home to me now the anxious rather than like always look at me always spend time with me like i'm so needy Mm -hmm. gives the avoidant partner enough space to be so this avoidant partner typically needs their own space to be to heal and to like process information so they need their space to not have their partner constantly like chipping at their lid. So eventually the avoidant lid kind of comes off mm-hmm. and the anxious hole gets plugged. Right. And now together they build a secure attachment together mm-hmm. by working through it. Now we bring in the love languages and they work. Right. Because now my leaky cup is now secure and it can hold all of the, you know, the kind gifts right. and the love. And, right. and now your lid is off. And now these words of affirmation and acts of service can sit in there and they're seen. And they not only are they seen, but they feel good. Right. Like, it's like, wow, like you showed up for me and you allowed me to process this the way I needed to process it. So your connection is now secure. Yes. or become like this is a journey again this stuff does not happen overnight this is not just like a like this process takes time a lot of like showing up for each other and and 
Like, I'm a talker, I need to talk it out, while my partner might not be. Right. So if I need to talk it out, I need to lean out to, lean to friends or, or somebody that can handle my talking. So when I come to my partner, it's not all these words being dumped on top of them. Right. Right? Yes. So, so there's times where, like, you show up, like, hey, like, this is my turn to talk. Now this is your time to talk. So I can listen and be present. I feel like, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I think it's interesting how I said I don't feel like I know many people that would fall into secure and then you say that you do feel like that and I think that maybe that that kind of ties back to something we've talked about before where you like attract the same person in your life over and over again yeah so I probably just don't attract the people that are more secure in their attachments whereas you do and it's kind of like I mean, I know I've attracted the same person in my life. My friends, my husband, it's the same person over and over and over. and always has been. And I feel like when it's not that person, like, I'm never as close to them. Because, I don't know, maybe we're too similar? Maybe. So, I don't know. It could it's also be, like, conversation came up about one of your daughters. Do you want to share that? Oh, no. with what happened the other day? Well, yeah, if you're comfortable. Yeah, if not, yeah, yeah. I, I can share. Yeah, so... Um, my middle daughter is dealing with an injury right now and she's a competitive dancer and that's been hard for her. Um, I told her she needed to act as if, like she needs to um, always be thinking about dance even though she cannot participate right now, as if everything's normal. So just because you are on the bench does not mean that you don't have to um, have your hair in a bun does not mean that you don't have to show up in your leotard and not your freaking sweatpants that you woke up in this morning. And she took some issue with that. She didn't see why. And she told me actually, quote, it was bullshit um, <laughs> that I was telling her that and it made no sense. And I ended up getting really upset in the conversation because she wasn't, she just wasn't hearing anything I had to say. And we were just on totally different um, wavelengths with the conversation. I ended up saying, you know what? fuck you, I'm out of here. I hung up the phone, and then my husband's across the room, and I see him look at his phone, and it's <laughs> ringing, and he picks it up, and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. So then I walk over, and he's like pep-talking her, and he's giving her this like pump-up speech of a lifetime, and I was just like, holy shit, like we deal with things so differently. Now, to be fair, I don't think either of the conversations really got through to her, <laughs> but it highlighted for me when you started talking about like how I'm avoided. Hell yeah, I'm avoided. I slammed that phone down like, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah. So there's some reflecting to do there for me. But it also, you even said during, like after this, you're like, I did what I would have wanted done to me. Right. So like, it's kind of like a key part when we mm -hmm. look at our children and relationship that we're in is we do what we want done. Right. Like I think is like such powerful Right. I think it's probably just your default. And so to be aware of that is the only way you can probably, um, I don't know, work on it to be better for your partner, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, whatever. Um, we also talked about how, like, when I'm sick, I want to be left alone. Yeah. I don't want anybody to talk to me, don't look at me, close the door, turn the light off. And so then when my husband's sick, like, that's kind of how I treat him. Like, I keep the kids away, I want it quiet, I try not to bug him, whereas he's like, you don't care about me, 
nobody comes and sees me. <laughs> but I'm just like, I was like, I was doing my best thinking like, that's what works when you don't feel well, but that doesn't work for him. So the only way to like be better for each other is to be aware of it. So that's why I think this conversation is so important. Yes, and especially where, again, to bring it back to like the state of the world right now. And for anyone within these relationships, these caregivers at home, we're tired. We're really tired. It's hard, it's hard man. Like, I'm seeing within my own relationships with my children, like, I get a lot of, um, like, wow, Catherine, like, how do you do this with your girls? Like, you have such, like, a great relationship with them, and they're so, like, they adore you, they love you, and, and that is very true. But this past weekend, like, last night, like, I had a big, like, moment I'm not proud of with my daughter. Like, I didn't show up when she was willing to be brave and be like, I went straight to the defense. I went straight to this, like, so as a caregiver, like, I'm tired and I don't want to give that responsibility to my children and be like, you guys take care of each other, like do the parentification mm -hmm. stuff. Like, this is my job. Like, I birthed these children. These are my children. It's my responsibility, not the children's responsibility to take care of the children. There's just a lot of this right now where I know in the world, this is not a conversation that is not needed. Yeah. Like, we need this. Right. So, um, anything else? Did we miss anything? No, I, th I think that's pretty... About the avoidant and secure and... So, yeah. I did have a question from my brother. Mm -hmm. So, I said something in the last podcast, yes. um, episode five, that I brought up love addiction. And love addiction is also like a very new, as in like, if we talk about, like we all know what uh, alcohol, you know, right. AA, and we all know, I mean, most of us have heard of sex addiction mostly because sex is a very like what right. <laughs> word and we've heard about you know addictions to gambling and to drugs and right so we know that there's the addiction so mm -hmm. so love addiction is has a lot to do with these attachments and um, because my attachment is so disorganized and so my relationship past relationships have become a um place where I did not feel secure at all, nor, you know, however that looked for in the, within the relationship. But my side was so not secure and very interrupted that it became a toxic push and pull. So an addiction is basically you're using something else to replace yourself. So when I try to numb out feelings or I try to uh, not go through what I like emotionally go through what I need to do that's when say someone would grab a drink someone would grab their uh, gambling their lean into gambling so what I would do is lean into a relationship so my addiction was this push and pull so love addiction is just a very toxic back and forth it, like it's almost like how you stop it like cold turkey like you would alcoholism just stop drinking um, but 
in I a relationship. I think that it's probably harder than um, like a vice, like drinking or drugs or smoking, because like love is in everyone's life. It's not no. a choice. It's not an outside um, product or um, I don't know feeling or whatever. Like everyone has it and we deal with it every day so i think that probably makes it even harder to regulate and to like you said step away like cold turkey like how do you shut off something that like we are driven by and live with and is so important so that's where going to the meetings so there are online so available right now like i know that some meetings are in person um, I'm not all the way exactly sure how within social distancing that's happening, but I have received emails and reaching outs that like, hey, we're now back in meetings, um, like physical meetings, not just online. So there are meetings you can go to. Um, I would advise seeking professional help because this is something that if you're in a relationship that is both partners are willing to keep it and, and heal within this relationship, it's going to take a lot of work from outside help. Mm-hmm. And I've had this conversation with friends that are recovering alcoholics because mm-hmm. it's like they don't understand. Like, I don't get it. And all it is is I put that. Right. And, and I also just have addictive personality. Like, what I do is I, I would drink up until I felt like that was becoming something that controlled me, and then I'd step away. And I would abuse drugs, like as in like Adderall or things up until I felt like, oh, I no longer am in control and I'd step away. So my personality is a very addictive personality, mainly because I haven't connected to self. So my codependency is leaning into things more so than being dependent on leaning onto me. Mm -hmm. I think that's important because that would probably also help um, explain why I'm avoidant just because I grew up in um, a house with two addict parents and so I've always been so afraid of being addicted to anything that I don't like allow myself to even like get close enough like how you said like you get close and then you realize okay and you back it off but I won't even let myself get close to anything like that because I'm so hyper aware of addiction so that probably ties into why I'm so avoidant. Could totally. Right. Because like, yes, our main secure attachments are by caregivers as a kid, mm-hmm. but we again evolve and keep needing and the bonding, like there is healing and there is like bonding with somebody that isn't right for you. Right. And it can take you back rather than move you to a secure. Right. So there isn't a, and like that's part of this journey, right? Like no journey is ever a straight line. Right. Never. So that's part of it. You have, uh, you know, raised by a mom, grown up in a addict family, whatever attachments now have been created, you're on your own for a while, so whatever is dismissed you don't need anymore, possibly undone forever, possibly brought back in. It's just being aware and being able to, like, communicate with the partner, I'm feeling anxious when this happens, and I understand that's the way my attachment is to you. How can I show up for you? How can you show up for me? Huge. Huge. And that's, that's kind of the like love addiction part within this. Um, the removing from a partner is 
a very good way, like unfortunately, um, really did help heal faster because mm -hmm. it took me out of a cycle where like it's almost like you just stop dancing. Like the addiction, like you just stop. Now, once you've stopped working through those patterns and what's been very, like what I'm very grateful for is being in relationship that you heal within a relationship mm -hmm. if that healing is available. So I'm just extremely grateful for relationships within my parents, my children, romantic, that there is this possibility of growth and secure attachment. So that's it. I fucking love it. I have a lot yeah. to go home and think about. Yeah, again, like <laughs> you can go take quizzes. So if you just type in on your Google search, however you start your search engine, um, attachment style quiz. You or... know what, I'll just link it. Oh, cool. I'll well, there's it. so many. There's yeah. literally like, but so there's like, like a the five minute. Okay. Yeah. There's like a five minute one and a 30 minute one, like mm -hmm. depending on where you want to like be within. Also listen to podcasts, go in podcast, Google attachment style or connection is a good buzzword for how to have like a secure connection with your partner. Um, there's so many therapists and, and um, psych psychologists that have mm -hmm. such interesting research. Um, and again, find a, find a therapist that you can go to to get help. I love it. Yeah. Okay, and also last episode, we forgot to say our email. I was literally like, peace out, bye. Like, I don't want to talk about masturbation anymore. Goodbye. We're all done here. <laughs> but yes, we're at firewalkerpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, yes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And we love your feedback, obviously. Obviously. We try to address it all and um, mm -hmm. work it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, I think. So uh have a nice day. Yeah. We love you from our hearts to yours. Peace out.